Man, I know I'm gonna get got. But I'm gonna get mine more than I get got done. Great cash, homie. I'm just about that action, boss. This is Bar Control. Hello and welcome to the Ball Control Podcast, maintaining all your up-to-date news and analysis on everything football, college, NFL, fantasy, and today's subject, the NFL Draft. Uh, We are one evening away from uh, the 2020 NFL Draft, the virtual Zoom chat that everyone's going to have with Roger Goodell. Uh, My name is Josh Dennett. I'll be your host this evening. I'd like to bring in the panel as we cover the 2020 Draft. First off, chiming in with Mr. Nate Biggs. How are you doing today, sir? Doing quite well. Quite well, prepping for the madness. And we have a special guest, your future home of the fantasy coverage for ball control, Mr. Jake Welker. What up? What up? If the Chiefs trade up for Henry Ruggs. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably going to do that, so just just to spite you like Sammy. (laughs) So uh, we're going to go uh, through a few things as it pertains to the draft, some hypotheticals, uh, a lot of positional props as, as the betting world ramps up for what is always a popular and busy evening. Uh, so we'll kick it off, Nate, throw it your way as far as the uh, most likely non-quarterback you see falling out of your top, uh, top 10, 15 rankings. Uh, I think most likely out of the top 10 or 15. Uh one of your offensive linemen is going to fall. Um, if I had to put, like, as far as one of the top four, I'd probably put the money on Mecky Becton with all the news coming around because of the uh, scouting combine failed drug test or false positive, whatever it was. And then one that I could see falling outside of the top ten. Um, kind of be surprised, I think, if tackles did go high and quarterbacks went high, it would be like an Isaiah Simmons or a C.J. Henderson. I think either one of those two could fall. Um, and then I definitely think one of the D tackles gets outside the top 15, either Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw. Double steal with Brown or Kinlaw for sure. Um, Jake, who's, uh, who's your guy? Yeah, I think Becton is probably the easy favorite to fall out with all the drug news, kind of like Nate said. Um, I just don't think teams are as high as long or as high on Becton and with our custom model as well that Jason and Nate have been filling out. They both have Becton relatively low on the rankings. So I think Becton would be a good candidate, but I don't think he's going to fall too far just because Tampa's there. I think he's a good candidate to go to Tampa. Right. Um, my pick was going to be Isaiah Simmons till Nate sniped me. Um, but I still think it's, I think it's still real hard to see him get past Jacksonville or Carolina at eight and nine. And the same thing for, I think CJ Henderson's gone top 10. Like I would almost a lock. So I think Tua. I think Tua has got a small chance to get out top ten, maybe like fifteen, twenty percent probability. But I mean, I definitely wouldn't put my money on it. Don't say that. Most polarized player the top in the whole draft. In New England. Don't say top that. Top ten to the, the Pats. If he gets outside of the top ten, I'm very nervous that New England trades up. Yes, I've been worried Nate's, about that. Nate's literally been saying this for months. Well, let me kind of build on that because that's kind of what I was going to bring up next. If he's past the Chargers, I mean, you say Pats. Is there any other 
teams that will come up and get him? Uh, No, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think other teams will be interested in coming up and getting him. I think they would need an established starter um, just because his injury history. Right now, you really can't get a good eval on him. But I think the most likely – I mean, the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders could. Um, I don't know that they they want to move off that capital. Mike Mayock seems to like his draft capital. John Gruden likes 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 that too. I think so. They could. Um, I I think the most likely is the Patriots. Bill Belichick wants to prove himself outside of Tom Brady. And if he can get Tua, and they can try the Jarrett Sidham thing for a year maybe, or just roll with Tua from the get go with Josh McDaniels in that offense, he can do everything Brady did last year with a short intermediate throws being accurate as hell like that as a Chiefs fan that that is that is my fear um and for Dolphins fans if you take Justin Herbert at five and pass on Tua and Tua goes to the Patriots oh boy Nate Nate what did you have uh Justin Herbert on your model (laughs) uh uh, Justin Herbert grades out as a 6.73, which is a third-round grade. I mean, honestly, it wouldn't be shocking if Herbert goes in the third with, I mean, the way the draft's set up with the runs, like you guys were kind of talking about earlier. Any one positional run can affect any team's, you know, any team's plan, especially if they don't have that many picks. So, I mean, I mean, if certain teams don't get Herbert, he could go to the third. I don't yeah. think Anissa no. or Fromm goes over him. No, but, no way. Yeah, no way. No. It'll be interesting. No way. No I don't way. know. That, the, uh, Nate was actually mentioned that earlier. Those two are the most yeah, polarizing. I mean, with the draft being the way it is anyway, they're – I mean, they could go anywhere from three and five to – I mean, all spread out. So, that'll be interesting to watch. I, I have a bunch of tandems of uh, who gets drafted first here, who wants to go first. They can start it off. I started Nate's off. Nate's got it. Oh, okay, off. I got it. Here we go. What's up? All right, well, we're going to stay on that line for just a minute. Drafted first, Justin Herbert or Jordan Love? Oh, Justin Herbert. I think I think Love's going to go late round where someone's going to trade up for him out of the second, somewhere in the 20s probably. Hell, I hope it's a candidate for, for us to trade back at 32. Um, I think Herbert is top 15 lock. I don't think he gets outside the top fifteen. Nate, you got anything for that? No, I think I think it's I think it's most most likely. I think it's Herbert. Um, yeah, I don't. I think Jordan Love should go ahead of Justin Herbert, but I think that's. A <laughs> I was going to say I know you personally don't agree with it. <laughs> well, I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. Uh, but I think uh, know, someone's going to fall in love with six foot five, two thirty six, and they can chuck eighty yards. So. I guess if that's if that's your cup of tea, um, hey, every every coach thinks they can fix everybody, right? So I guess that that coach. Yeah, I mean, I fell I right. fell in love with Josh back in seventh grade. Correct. <laughs> so it was fifth, but we'll get it right next time. But the thing I was thinking about was um, teams like I think the Saints are an interesting one for Jordan Love as far as a project, depending on what's there when they pick. I think somebody had that mocked too. That's what made me think of it. Yeah, I had that in our uh, quarterback breakdown too. Is his best fit him at him at yeah, that's right. Saints and mm-hmm. I think that's a, that, that's, I mean, a, that's a perfect fit because the things he doesn't do well, Drew Brees does really well, and Sean Payton knows how to maximize. So he's a guy that with a lot better throwing potential than Taysom Hill. Um, 
And I think I think that's an absolute perfect fit. If someone's going to maximize his potential, it's going to be that spot. So yeah, I think I, mean, I think any. Go ahead. Go ahead I was going to say I think any quarterback is a good fit for the Saints though, with the weapons they have and Sean Payton. Yeah, like, yeah. What, I mean, I, what quarterback would not be a good fit in in New Orleans? I agree. I just think Jordan Love processes things quicker than Justin Herbert does, and so if you're going to have a guy, it's going to take a lot less work for Jordan Love, and they don't have to give draft capital up to go up and get Jordan Love. Most likely, he's going to fall to him. So if Jordan Love's sitting right. there, why would you give up draft capital to go up and get Justin Herbert, who needs more polishing and more work? May have the better arm, but needs more work in other areas that Jordan Love doesn't need. So. That's just my point to that. That's why I said the Saints are a perfect fit. I mean, yeah, Sean Payton can work with basically any quarterback. I agree, but to max like to get like your most potential, like Justin Herbert, his best fit is probably with someone like Pittsburgh, where they they know how to build an offensive line around somebody because they've done it with Big Ben, and they just teach him to stand tall in the pocket like Big Ben because he's a big dude and he can chuck the ball down the football field. So what what are your odds that? the Saints would draft the quarterback in the first round. I think it's extremely slim. I think it's like a 2% outcome. Uh, I'll just just start on that one. I I don't think it's super likely, no. But I think if the right dominoes fall off in front of the Saints, what they were planning to do, and he falls there, uh, I definitely think they entertain it is all. Yeah, I guess the Emmanuel Sanders signing muddies it a bit because I thought for sure they were going to draft receiver until they signed him. Yeah, I think it's more likely to trade back into the first round. Like, oh, okay. They may, they may stand. Well, pat, be... They may stand pat at twenty four. Take take another skill guy, or take best defensive player available, or whatever. And then at the back end of the first round, with like someone like the Niners, the Chiefs, maybe the Packers want to get out of the first round. I don't know. Somewhere like that, they trade back in and they take Jordan Love. I think that's probably more likely. That's a, that's a good point, actually. I actually hadn't even put the scenario together where they trade back in. So uh, I'm going to move on to the next pairing, though. This one should be pretty simple to analyze, whether you rank them one or the, over the other. But Jerry Judy versus C.D. Lamb, who goes first? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Uh, so I've been back and forth on these two for a long time. I had Jerry Judy above him for – uh, above CeeDee Lamb for most of the, most of the offseason. CeeDee Lamb kind of made a more recent push because I think he had the best single game of film I've seen on a prospect in this class against Texas. That dude torched Texas. Lit him on fire, threw him in the dumpster, poured gas on it. Um, <laughs> but when I entered on our, you know, this is our first year with this model, and I just entered their numbers based on their film individually, uh, Jerry Judy grades higher. At an 8.14 first round grade, CeeDee Lamb, 8.11. So I'll go with Judy. Uh, it's strictly on route running. He's a more polished route runner, one of the most polished route runners we've seen probably since like an Amari Cooper, which, you know, Alabama, I guess. But he's even better after the catch. Um, things I question with him a little bit is I know he runs a 4.45, but he doesn't always show 4.45 like after he catches the ball. And then his catch radius, sometimes when he gets in contested areas, he likes to bring it to his body. Uh, I'd like him to use his hands a lot more because he does it. He uses his hands throughout most of his routes. But then when he gets in contested situations, 
he limits his catch radius because he tries to catch with his body a little too much. So a little less alligator on, but I mean, 8.14, that's a first round grade. It's almost a top 10 grade. So I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a prospect. And that's what the, the numbers don't lie. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a toss up. You, you literally, I don't think you can go wrong or make any kind of argument. Someone made a bad pick with either one. Uh, Jake, do you have anything to add on that? Uh, I'm taking CD Lamb first. I think he goes for Judy, unless someone just trades up and snipes Judy in front of Lamb. Or, yeah, in front of Lamb. Um, I mean, they're they're super close when it comes to the model and in general. I think they're pretty close in most people's mocks on who's better. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just more of a fit thing. I think I could see. I think CD Lamb would go first to the Jets before Judy would be off the board. Personally, I think Denver. Covets to Judy enough, they trade up with the Cardinals and take Oof. Jerry Judy. Cardinals going to lose out on their O lineman though. Yeah, I mean, potentially, maybe. I, like I said, we talked yeah. about one possibly falling that puts them down at fifteen. I mean, if we're talking about a top fifteen that has at least three quarterbacks, and then you got what at least four tackles. That's seven. You have. Isaiah Simmons, Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, C.J. Henderson, right? That's 11. You add Derek Brown. Derek Brown, most likely. That's 13. And then you still have the three wide receivers. So something's got to give. Yeah, I was was actually going to – If they fall to 15, something's got to give. And if the Denver Broncos is who they trade up with, you're going to see those wide receivers go, and it's going to push down those tackles. Because teams like the Jets that that need wide receiver and O-line help, they're going to snag one of the top three wide receivers overtaking the O-lineman. And then maybe somebody like the Falcons, they trade up. I mean, they could be having a deal in place with Cleveland right now. They trade up to Cleveland and they'd snag a D-lineman. And all of a sudden, here comes the offensive tackles falling down the board. It would be that simple. Those two trades and all of a sudden they're falling down. So basically there's I not – the, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the Falcons trade up with Arizona as well Yeah, would be a consideration to go grab C.J. Henderson. Oh, there you go. Or, or even higher if Okuda falls. Like, if Okuda falls to six, like, I could see him trying to deal with the Chargers let's, to go get him. Let's talk about that hypothetical. Falcons better do something. With let's their talk. division now, they better do something. Let's talk about that hypothetical. Tua going to Detroit. Entertain it. I want to hear it. What do you think? So, I think, I think it's something that Detroit has to consider. I mean, I don't. They won't because Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn are going to get fired anyways. So they're going to try to save their job and take the best player available. But Matt Stafford doesn't Agreed. perform to his $38 million contract. And if you can get Tua and just let Matt Stafford play this year out, then when you when we start training camp, you can get a medical eval on Tua. And if you don't think the hip's going to hold up, Tua still has value. You can trade Tua. If the hip's fine... You just drafted quite possibly the best quarterback in this draft. And that's always a win. You get the best quarterback in the draft, it's a win. Um, except for like some few off years like 2013. So I, I think quarterback that year doesn't is, count for anything. Right. Quarterback is the most important position. So it's a hypothetical that like I think Bob Quinn has to be having this conversation. I think it's something you have to do. If you're not doing it, like, like I've, I've said before, if you are picking in the top five and you are not doing your due diligence on quarterbacks, you are not valuing your slot 
your pick slot enough. Because if if you think Tua is a all has all pro potential or Pro Bowl potential, right? And you want to trade out of that spot, you better be getting what what the uh, Rams got for RG three. Like you better be getting that. And if you're not getting that, then you're not valuing your pick your pick enough because you didn't do your homework. So if you're in the top five, you have to look at quarterbacks. I don't care if you have one. Washington, they should be looking at quarterbacks just so they know the value. However great Chase Young is, three first-round picks in two seconds is probably more valuable than Chase Young. Well, right, but I think the problem is is that nobody's wanting to trade up to really two or three to grab because there's just no sure – at least there's no surefire number two quarterback at least that's the smoke that's being blown right now. Nobody, you know, right. nobody really wants to trade up the two or three. Right. And so that's what decreases the value. And then I think you, I mean, that is a great point though, Nate, that, I mean, if Matt Patricia, you know, if there's a different GM and a different head coach in Detroit this year, I think they do draft to it. I think there's no doubt. It's a new and regime. They, and they grab, you know, yeah, no doubt. But I think a more realistic scenario would be them taking Derek Brown at three than taking a quarterback. And then that would be another way Okuda could could slide down the uh, draft board. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Derek Brown goes at three, everything starts getting really weird. That wasn't, Dude, a, crazy, gets wild. That was, that wasn't a crazy thought in December, though. No. Well, no. After his, his combine kind of pushed him down. Yeah, well, the, the point with his combine is no one, I think it was his three cone he tested really low in. No one with his three cones ever been an all pro at defensive tackle. So that's kind of the question there. Like, right. I mean, his film is obviously impressive. This dude push, pushes around SEC offensive linemen like they're boys. But, right. That's a question. Can you move laterally and bend enough to be successful in the NFL? That's what Auburn I mean, once a lot had. Of have Ken Law over him. Auburn once had a D tackle named Nick Fairley. It did not work out so well in the NFL. Nick Fairley. You haven't heard that name in a while. Very dominant season in Auburn, and went to the Lions and played like two years in the league. He did. He did. He go to the Lions right was, out of. I thought he was. He was, a, he was picked by the Lions and picked thirteen. But then he played for the Saints too, right? Oh, maybe I don't know. Sure, he played for the Saints. All right, I have Ooh. another uh, more interesting pairing for you guys. Uh, drafted first, Kenneth Murray or Kalevon Chason? Jake, you can start that Ooh. one. Um, you know what? Two weeks ago, or not even two, maybe a week ago, I said Clavon Chason because, I mean, I've been mocking and most people have been mocking Clavon Chason to the Falcons, but yep. I think I don't, I don't think it's smoke when when the when the, when the news is the Falcons are going to try to trade up for a CB. So I just don't think Clavon really fits with any other teams in the top 20. And I think the Nate brought up a really good point about Murray going to the Cowboys and being like a, like a typical Jerry Jones type of pick. But I, w- I would take Murray, but I, I don't say that confidently. I, I honestly think it goes down to whoever the Cowboys take. I think they're both sitting on the Cowboys board. I think they're both sitting there at 17. Um, and I think 
there's Jerry Jones is going to make a decision between one of I think about four guys, and it's Chase on Murray, Trayvon Diggs, and Grant Delpit, and I think that's the four guys he's looking at, just based on his his past drafts. Those are guys that he tends to go for. Corners he likes guys that test well. Trayvon Diggs, edge rushers he likes speed. Chase on linebackers he likes college production. Doesn't really get much more college productive than Kenneth Murray. I mean, pedigree. He likes he likes big school guys. All of those guys I named went to big power five schools, right? Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU. Grant Delpit played safety. Came in as a freshman and dominated the SEC. Right? Obviously, this last year, a little bit worse film in my opinion. Like I just love to see better progression out of him. But the Duke is still ball, so I just think. It's going to be whoever the Cowboys take. Like Jake said, I think they take Kenneth Murray in that spot. Uh, Honestly, Chase on probably should go before him. But I think it's Kenneth Murray. And then, Jake, I found it interesting. You said that uh, you had heard the Falcons are wanting to trade it for corner. Because I had heard interior D-line. Not that I have, like, some great sources or whatever, but just reading. They're looking at Javon Kinlaw is what I heard. So I don't know, like... what your thoughts on them trading up with Kinlaw are? I think, I think it kind of depends on how the dominoes fall in like the top eight. I don't, I don't know if the Falcons are going to get all the way up to seven or eight to get CJ Henderson, but if he's there at like 10 yeah, and they could trade with the Browns, the Browns and not lose are, as much draft capital. Yeah. I think the Browns are a big spot for the trade down. I think that's a candidate, but like my thing is if they don't, let's say, Let's say they don't trade up for C.J. Henderson. I mean, Kinlock could very well be on the board when they pick. Because, I mean, who's going to – I'm not sure who's going to take Kinlock 10 through 15. Um, I mean, I think Tampa Bay's maybe. landing spot. Yeah, Tampa is what I was going to say, too. I think, I think Tampa's going offensive tackle, though. Oh, they definitely should. I'm, I'm saying that's, that could be a landing spot. Right, but that's but that's what I'm saying though. Like I don't, I think the I think they might roll the dice to grab Kinlaw, with, you know, and just stay put. Whereas C.J. Henderson's not going to be there. There's no doubt that, you know, I don't see Henderson falling past like ten. Honestly, ten. I don't. I don't think he's going to fall past ten. I think he's going to the Panthers or Jacksonville. Even the even the Browns entertain it, right? I would. But that's I. I don't think so, man. They just spent a ton of money on Austin Hooper, and they have a ton of money wrapped up in receivers, and they still have Baker on a rookie contract. I think they get another tackle to go with Conklin and try to get that offense rolling. Hey, didn't, yeah, they, I mean, didn't they sign more than Conklin, though, on the offensive line? Or mistake, am I mistaken? Uh, they signed like some like uh, rotational uh, inside piece, offensive yeah. lineman, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they signed anybody that's going to start. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, he might start. I don't know, but I think the the Browns are most likely for a tackle. Um, I just think the way this draft could go, like, so everybody's coming out today talking about how trades are going to have to be like basically already agreed upon because there's not going to be everybody in a war room, so you can't have immediate conversation. So I think, right, if that's the case, there's going to be a lot of surprises because. You can't meet with the guy. You can't meet with the players. You can't meet with your scouts, right? So there's going to be people like there's there's not like a consensus grade on all these guys. 
everybody's going to be all over the board. So some team may still value Derek Brown like super high or Javon Kinlaw super high. And maybe they don't like the Mecky Becton of the world. Or maybe they don't like – maybe they still protect Tristan Wirfs at guard. If you're projecting Tristan Wirfs at guard, then you're probably not going to take Tristan Wirfs in the top ten. Right. So there, That's there, a good one. There could be a lot of movement. And I think any anybody could fall. But if, if, like, if you're targeting a player, like where I'm coming in with the Falcons targeting Kinlaw, then you're going to have to go up and get him because you do not know where – who else has Kinlaw rated as high as you do, just as, as an example, right? So. Right. No, yeah, no doubt. I just – again, just for everything I've been reading, there's been a lot more smoke around trade-up for CB. So – Neither would be shocking, to be honest. No. But they need both. Uh, right. I'm going to keep us rolling. i got four more of these pairings before we get to our over-under. So, uh, next, drafted first, AJ Epinesa or Yatir Gross Matos? Jake, that's you, isn't it? Or is it me? That's you, buddy. Um, My apologies. I'm gonna play the fence here. <laughs> if the Patriots don't, that's bullshit. If the Patriots don't trade up for Tua, then AJ Epinesa goes first. If they do, then I think Gross Matos goes first. Hmm. Okay. I, think, I, I think, actually like how you do that. I think Gross Matos fits in a wide nine in a lot of different defensive schemes. And that could be in play at Jacksonville at 20. That could be in play at Seattle. That could be a play. Uh, I think. I think Maybe Tennessee. Up. Yeah, Tennessee. That was the other one I was looking at with Tennessee. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Jake, what do you think, man? I'm I'm on the Gross Meadows train, dude. I think I think Espinosa is going to fall. There's just been a lot of smoke around Espinosa again. Not a very good combine, and he just doesn't have like a, any kind of elite athleticism. Yeah, he's that big old power in that has kind of faded out a bit. He fits but, that uh, he fits uh, that Patriot Ty Warren mold. Truth, so yeah, he's I, a perfect Patriot yeah, player. I, That's why I get your logic. I take Matos to like you said, Seattle or Tennessee is probably the most like. I mean, or Patriots if they stay put. So on our scale, on for me they grade Gross Matos seven point three and Epinesa seven point two seven, and that's strictly as an edge. I view Epinesa as more of a D lineman, but strictly as an edge, they grade like right there. So that's kind of that's a good one on you, Josh. That's that's well done. Yeah, they're I mean they're both freaks in their own right, but I don't know. I think Seattle's a really good, really good. Landing spot for Gross Matos. I just don't know if Epinesa goes first, but I really like that one. Um, um, I read a go ahead, real quick. Go. I read a stat on Seattle that that they've traded back the past eight drafts out of the first round, or they traded back from their first round pick. Is either seven or eight. Hmm. Wow. I'm I need to confirm that. I mean, there's. I mean, the trades we're going to get into later, uh, but I mean, there could be. a Quite a few of them we have no idea. Or there could be none. I don't know. Corona's messing everything up. Um, right. 
real quick on this, these, uh, it's more of a Bama versus Bama. Drafted first, Trayvon Diggs or Xavier McKinney? Hmm. I think uh, this one's a Nate. Hmm. I'm going to go with the guy that should be drafted first. Xavier McKinney should be drafted first. So uh, I don't know that that's going to be what comes to fruition, but he should be. He should be drafted first. The, the wrench is the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys could take Drayvon Diggs at 17. And I don't know what, really other than the fact that they like high, like fast corners. Like I don't know why I think that or athletic corners, but I just I, I have a feeling that that's where he might end up. And it would baffle me, but uh, yeah, I, I think Xavier McKinney should. That's going to be my answer. I like it Jake I think I'm going to take Xavier McKinney as well uh, in both of Jace's and Nate's models he's their number one safety pause and I think what he's not my number one safety but he's my number <laughs> oh he's not I thought he was he's my number two. ooh who do you have in, who do you have in front of him Antoine Winfield Jr. baby oh oh bold. I knew was coming <laughs> Bold. I did not know that. I know Jason has him first. And that's after Antoine Jr. gets his injury knock. Nate's been on the Winfield train for a while. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking McKinney. I think that's another good one, Dennett. Um, That's pretty even. I mean, you have have a lot of smoke around Trevon Diggs where he could go as early as the teens or as late as the mid-second round. Where I feel like Xavier McKinney is a little bit more solid as a like a one-two turn type of pick. Yeah, I mean, so, Diggs is just—I mean, he's more raw, obviously. So uh, depends. Like Nate's, like I said, the Cowboys could take either one. I think the Cowboys dictates a lot or dictate a lot, but um, yeah, I think Diggs being very, very much still a wide receiver in certain aspects yep. kind of makes him more of a risk. But, that that and just this corner class in general, he's not yeah, going to be at the top well, of that. True, so. yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'll make this one the last uh, of the pairings. Drafted first, uh, Cesar Ruiz or Ezra Cleveland. I'll let you go. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Cesar Ruiz. Um. I think he's a candidate to go to the Cowboys, even. I don't think they take him, but I think he's a candidate. A lot of their O-line's getting old. And they invested a ton of money in the Zeke and are getting ready to spend who knows how many who knows how many freaking millions on Dak Prescott, who will end up being probably one of the most overvalued quarterbacks in the NFL at that point, besides Kirk Cousins, who just completely sworn hoggles the Vikings every year. But I think I'm gonna take Caesar Ruiz, man. I, I don't know Ezra Cleveland though. I mean, it depends on the tackle run and where teams have Ezra ranked. Nate, where do you have Ezra ranked in your uh, model? Uh, I haven't ranked him yet with the model. As far as where I rank him though, like pre-model, um, I grade we graded him as an uh, let's see, well, I graded him more of a swing tackle. I kind of graded him as both of an interior offensive line and a tackle. Um, and that would kind of be my argument for Cesar Ruiz is the better football player. My argument for Ezra Cleveland being drafted ahead of him would be there's going to be a lot of tackles taken this first round. And Ezra Cleveland's going to fall into that, like, 
you take Lucas Niang, who's a better tackle prospect, but has a large injury history? Or do you take Ezra Cleveland, who very, very solid, athletic on the edge, gets to second level, does everything you want him to do without the injury history? So I think that's where it's going to come into play for Ezra. Um, that's my that's my argument is I think if there's a huge, which I think there will be, a lot of tackles taken. You guys know I say about seven tackles will be taken in the first round. So if that's the case, then Ezra Cleveland will likely be taken above Cesar Ruiz. But that doesn't make it right. Right now, I mean, but Ruiz is still a better prospect. It is a first-round pick, and I'm not spending a first-round pick on running backs or interior offensive linemen. So, there's that. <laughs> Until the day. Did you say it about linebackers too? <laughs> uh, yeah, unless they can cover the slot. Yeah. So <laughs> Isaiah Simmons, you're my exception. <laughs> to most things. <laughs> to all things. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, I got a bunch of. A little bit of everything on my my Vegas over-unders. We're going to kind of do a little rapid fire. A uh, little tidbit, or you don't really have to say a whole lot, but I got a bunch to cover. So who wants the first crack here? You want to just start this one, Jake? Yeah, what's up? All right. So over-under 25.5. So over-pick 25, Josh Jones, over-under. I'm taking the over. I'm not buying seven OTs going, and I don't think – I don't think teams like Josh Jones as much as uh, the ball control podcast does. <laughs> I'm taking the over. Nate, I'm slamming the under. <laughs> uh, this one's weird. Uh, it was, it's been moving the entire day. I've been looking at it, it was 16.5 a couple hours ago. It's now 14.5 for CJ Henderson. I think we may have already answered that. <laughs> uh, uh, under with a bullet. Ahead, Jake, I assume I can just move on. Yeah, I don't think I need to say anything. Fair Reference enough. like minute 17 of this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, over under 24 and a half, Austin Jackson. Uh, I'll take the over on 24 and a half. I think I'm taking the over as well, but I, don't, I think it's close. Josh Jones should go. I'm not. Him, I'm not. So. I, I would slam. I would. Sl- I would slam the Josh Jones over. I would not slam the Austin Jackson over. Like it. Justin Jefferson, twenty-one point five. Oh, I like under. I like that. Under. I like that line there, Vegas, because you know. Who, yeah. Who's picked twenty-one? Is he good? Yeah. Okay. Is he going to Philly or not? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. On our model grade, he gets an 8.02, which is 0.01 behind Henry Ruggs. So he is uh, – I'm going to take the under, obviously. Well, and especially if that runner-receiver – so if someone trades up for CeeDee Lamb like the Broncos do and starts a run, I think it's – I mean, I think it's an easy under at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – Um. Jordan Love, 19.5. Jake, that's your turn, bro. No, that's my turn. Oh, you said, I, you I, said I, oh, I, God, I, like you were going to say something. Oh, um, you know what? I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to take the under. <laughs> 
No way. <laughs> there's there's no way he's going under 19 and a half. Oh, there is a way. Oh, there is a way. Well, of course. There are 19 ways. And there's a way that didn't can land safely from a plane with a gigantic Under Armour t-shirt. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Cheap shots. So, Andrew Thomas over under 10.5. Uh, I'm taking the under hard. I've uh, a lot of reading that I've been doing has a lot of scouts like Andrew Thomas as the best tackle in the draft. So I'm taking the under heavy. I think he could be the first tackle off the board, by the way. I think that whatever, whatever that prop may be probably like plus three fifty or plus 400. I would probably, I'd put a considerable amount of money on that prop. That actually is a line. I haven't got the up-to-date number on it, but uh, first tackle, first receiver, both have pretty good odds for, or not first receiver, excuse me. Um, first tackle and then first uh, corner after Jeffrey Okuda, or yeah, after after Jeffrey Okuda is a good one too. So, um, uh, I Andrew, have a Andrew Thomas. Go I'm ahead. gonna I'm gonna play it off my ping it off my Jordan Love. That's the great line by Vegas, by the way, because. That's right after Cleveland. I think Cleveland trades out of that spot. A run of wide receivers occurs. And then we have a little bit later run of tackles, like from like 11 to like 21, 22, that range. I'm going to take the over on 10 and a half on Andrew Thomas. And it might be number 11. <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, very well could be. I mean, if the, if the, if the Giants go tackle and then the Chargers go tackle, and Arizona State's put the Giants go tackle. I mean, Thomas has to be one of those three. The Giants go tackle. The Chargers don't go tackle. That's kind of what I'm thinking. If Jordan Love, if I if I'm hitting the under on Jordan Love, I'm just playing the numbers here, right? If under on Jordan Love for me to make that good, I need Andrew Thomas to slide a little. <laughs> Doubling down. Fuck yeah. No hedge. Still think Isaiah Simmons has a chance to go to the Chargers without a quarterback too. So. For the record, anywho, um, these are these Don't guys are all that. thirty-two and a half. So I'm I'm not saying I want like it for my team. I'm just you want, saying you want Derwin James and Isaiah smart. I'm Derwin saying it's James pretty smart with the teams you play. Anyway, focus that's back on the, that's why the Chiefs want rugs. Well, there you go. Shut up! Shut shut the fuck up, Nate. <laughs> hey, Jake, thirty-two Jake and a half, this. basically. Jake's basically are taking good football players. <laughs> All right, first or second round, wow. thirty-two point five. AJ Terrell. Ooh, uh, give me the over. Marking it. Yeah, Nate? I, agree. I agree. Over. Over. Uh, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> over. Running backs don't get in the first round. Yeah, hashtag running backs don't matter. Hashtag I think the only way guys. I think the only way he does get into the first round is if Miami takes him at twenty six. They did sign Jordan Howard, so it could be a decent little combination down there in Miami. But um, I think I'm still taking the over. I think the Falcons would be a good spot in round two. I agree, except they're trading that twenty six pick to go up to three. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh. Jalen Rager, 32 and a half. 
Uh, I'm going to take the over. Uh, I'm going to trust my model grade here. I got him as a pretty solid second round grade. I mean, he comes into wide at wide receiver. Oh, I didn't select this. I forgot. Drake said I can select. He comes in at wide receiver 10 on our model. So I'm going to trust that. He's going, oh, yeah. he's going over that. I'm I'm slamming the over because I think – I don't think there's more than six receivers that go in the first round. And I think Ayuk and Mims go before uh, Rieger. So take, I'm slamming the over on whatever those odds would be. I like it. What about uh, same team or same college team, Jeff Gladney? At 32 and a half? Mm hmm. Oof. Fuck. Dude, that's a tough line. Uh, you know what? The Chiefs, the Chiefs trade out, but I. St- Good God. Give me the under. I think he goes in the first. It'll be late. It'll be late first if he goes, but I think a lot of teams in the 20s are, need CB pretty bad. Yeah, I think I'm going to go under. I mean, I don't think he he doesn't grade that way on our model, but he's scheme versatile. He's a playmaker. He's got he gets he deflects passes. He picks them off. I think what's he at? He's got double digit career interceptions. He, someone's going to fall in love with the product the production there, even if he doesn't stick to wide receivers as well as other corners in this draft. I'm going to hit the under. I guess I'm not. I don't feel good about it though. <laughs> All right, we're going to do class positions. Uh, another rapid fire. Quarterback's line in Vegas is over under 4.5 first round. Oh, that's under, under, easy. Under. Easy. Under. Running backs, 1.5. That one's easy. How is that a real line? That's a, I'm uh, telling you, it's I'm, real. I'm betting everything in my Bavada account tomorrow that that's under. I, I was going to say, I'm betting on the wrong site. <laughs> Wide receivers, yeah, under. five and a half. Uh, I'm over. Yeah, I think there's six. I think six go. There's a lot of wide receiver needy teams in the 20s as well. Yeah, I I'm going to hit the over. Yeah, I'm slamming over. The tight uh, end is at often. one and a half, I swear to God. <laughs> uh, well, if you want to talk about it, tight end is point five. Under. Oh, under. <laughs> under. Hard under. Moving on, not an exciting position. Uh, offensive lineman, this is where it gets weird because it's lineman in total. Six and a half. Over. 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 So if it if it was if it was tackles, I would take the under, but since it is lineman, I will take the over. Seven linemen. I, I finally okay. agreed with Nate. There's gonna be eight linemen taken in the first round. Here's another one that's kind of I'll weird. take that bet, Nate. This one's weird to me. Edge and D line are lumped together at four and a half. I feel like that's a pretty pretty easy one. Over. Ooh. Hold on. What's our math say we're at? <laughs> edge, yeah, edge yeah, and yeah. Because that's Javon Kinlaw. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Over. Young Chase on Kinlaw and Brown are all. That's four. I think lost. Yeah, they're all going. So if Gross Matos or Vanessa goes Yeah. Or Blacklock. Or Bond. Yeah. Blacklock, yeah. They're going to count Bond um, as a linebacker, I think. Oh, okay. Um, cornerback CBs were four and a half. Mm. That's probably the best line so far. 
Right, mm-hmm. I agree. I'm going I think, under. I think three are for sure. I think, obviously, Okuda, Henderson, and Fulton. I think those three are certain. Then you got Daniel Johnson, Gladney. I, I wouldn't bet that line. I'm going to hit the over. I, I'm going to take the over, but I'm not touching that line. I'm pretty sure my math's not going to add up here, but I'm going to hit the over. <laughs> I want to. I'd be anxious to see what the second round CB total is because that a, that number can. Oh, that could be insane. Yeah. Did you have a linebacker? Agreed. line? I do. If you just hold your horses. Mm. So moving to my next position of linebacker. Um, this one is at now. This one's weird too because if you love Bond in there, could change your mind. But it, I got it at four and a half. Under. 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 Under hard. It was five and a half. That's crazy. Well, that, because because they have it to was, be counting. Had to have been a glitch. Had to have been a glitch. No, they're counting. They're counting Bond. They're counting Bond. They're counting someone like Terrell Lewis as a linebacker. Like if you have Bond, counting Terrell, Chase on as a linebacker. But if you have Bond, Terrell Lewis. Murray, Queen, Simmons, all listed as linebackers. Simmons? That's not that's not a crazy line. I mean, it's possible all five go, but it's I mean, it's probably what a twenty five percent probability. I don't know. I like my chances on the under heavily. Oh, me too. I'm just saying, <laughs> it depends on what you call a linebacker. Last positional line is safety at one point five. Oof. Under. That's the second best line. I'm going, um, I'm going over on that. I think if you do the math on what we just said, I don't think there's any way that two safeties go. I'm going to go under, but that's another line I wouldn't touch. I think that's another pretty good line. But the rest of them, they suck, dude. Like, I need to find these lines that just freaking empty my account because. <laughs> Especially the four and a half are terrible. Backs, I think. Oh yeah, I, that means Jalen Hurts would have to go in the first round. Or any, I mean, I guess it's possible they trade up for the fifth option, right? As, <laughs> as Chiefs fans, I like that line to be over. Oh yeah. I'd love oh that. yeah, no doubt. Because that's just one more skill player that can drop to us, or non-quarterback player, I guess. I'm talking about right. is trading out. Oh, someone yeah. trading up for a quarterback, they give up more. Yeah, I think we might get sniped by we might get sniped by San Fran because they're going to be trying to accumulate picks. Well, they're going to be looking for payback for that Super Bowl Fifty Four loss, aren't they? Yeah, sore losers. Damn right. So let's wrap this up. Yeah. Um, so basically, obviously, it's going to be the most most unpredictable draft we've seen. Um, we're all going to stare at Roger Goodell and his PJs, but. That is a little bit of hypotheticals as we look forward to tomorrow night. And on that note, for the rest of the panel, we're going to close the book. Ball control is out. I mean, I know I'm going to get got. But I'm going to get mine more than I get got. Done. Great cash, homie. I'm just about that action, boss. This is ball control.